Hi, welcome to the Dan Bradbury podcast where turnover is vanity, profit is sanity, and cash is king. In this podcast, I'll bring you resources, tips, interviews, and lots more to help to grow your business and make it less dependent on you. Hey guys, Dan Bradbury here, and in this week's episode, we're going to talk about the top five ways to build a world-class network who can solve any business problem. But first up, our member of the week, and member of the week this week goes to Mike Beck and Ian Redding from tradeunderfloor.co.uk. So what those guys do is they do underfloor heating systems uh, to the trade. But in the last year, not only have they had a record-breaking year from a revenue and from a profit perspective, you know, despite the pandemic. In addition to that, they've also launched another business and made a whole host of developments to make the business more sustainable, less dependent upon them, and is scaling over time. If you want to find out more about their business, go to tradeunderfloor.co.uk. Anyway, back to the episode. So think about this. You're only one phone call away from solving any business problem you've got, right? Uh, So if you've got a problem, it's because you either don't know how to solve it, or you haven't got the resources to solve it. Or or I suppose it's a minor one. You could say that you know how to solve it, but it's not acceptable solution to you. And the point is, if you need the resources, somebody else has got the resources, uh, you just need to persuade them to help you with those resources, or they've got the information, they know how to solve the problem. And uh, so really the limit isn't the problem itself, it's in you not having the connections or the network. I mean, you've heard the cliche, your network is your net worth. Well, it's cliche because it's true. I believe the environment that you're in dictates your performance heavily. And the growth rate of your company won't exceed the growth rate of your support network, right? All, all your leverage comes from your team and your network, right? Internally, that's your employees. And externally, that's contractors, suppliers, etc. So, If your team doesn't grow, the company is going to hit a plateau. It's going to hit a ceiling. It's going to hit a cap in how much you can expand. And the same is true of your support network. Said in the the most classic form possible, I I believe it's attributed to Jim Rohn, that you are the average of the five people that you most hang out with. So really... If you buy these concepts, and by the way, that's a sneak peek, uh, a clue into, I'm trying to prove this concept in my current book, which as of yet is untitled, that I'm uh, straight after this, I'm starting to work on the next chapter in my book, but it's it's looking to prove that point. It's trying to give scientific proof to the point that you are like the average of the people that you hang out with, and how do you do that in more depth? But really, a different way of thinking about this is, it's a faster speed to solution. Right. The illustrious Ray Dalio said, find the smartest people who disagree with you and have a conversation. It's the quickest way to get an education and increase your chances of success. Right. You don't want confirmation bias and to surround yourself with yes men and yes women. You want to surround yourself by smart people and have debates, constructive debates to figure out what is true. Okay, so it can help you solve problems faster. In a historical context, I believe it was Isaac Newton who said, if I see further, it's from standing on the shoulders of giants. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about how do you do it? 
Where do you find them? And I'm going to give some examples of mentors, masterminds, and ways that I've grown. So here we go. This is about how uh, the top five ways to build a world-class network who can solve any business problem. Okay. So the first question I think you've got to ask is, what do I want? What are the outcomes that I'm after? Okay, so so personally, you might be talking about, oh, I want to get in better shape. I want to lose weight. I want to be, you know, I, I want to like a cover model. Or you might say that in a business sense, uh, I want to hit seven-figure revenues. Or I want to hit seven-figure profits. Or I want to grow through acquisition. Clarity about outcome is critical because it's only once you're clear about the outcome that you can say, okay, what are the obstacles? In other words, why don't you have that yet? And these are kind of prerequisites for you to be effective at building this peer group. Now, there is an argument for just generally building a peer group, and you can, and it will work regardless, but it's more effective if you're clear on the outcomes and then clear on the obstacles. In other words, where are you deficient? As a few topics of areas where I think every business owner needs to enhance their network, you could say accountancy, tax advice legally, so lawyers, solicitors, finance, so that's bankers, lenders, but then also suppliers, mentors, coaches, board members, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. But so there's a few different kind of categories or broad areas there. If you're going to enhance and scale and expand your business, you need to have access to capital. You need to have access to good tax advice and structuring, planning advice, legal protection, let alone all the classics, marketing, sales, et cetera, et cetera, HR. So that's kind of a little smorgasbord of categories. But so inside of that, what are your specific outcomes right now? And therefore, what are the obstacles? Where am I weak? And ultimately, if you want to solve these problems, if you want to get the outcome, you need to solve the obstacles. And if you're going to solve the obstacles, you either need to learn how to do it yourself, or you need a leverage. And leverage comes from having the right connections. So after you've clarified, what do I want? You know, what are the outcomes? What are the obstacles? So you could say, number one is, what are the outcomes? Number two is what are the obstacles that are in the way that are preventing you from getting those outcomes? And then number three is who has produced that result consistently? And this could be in the direct sense as who's an individual that you'd like to build a relationship with. And then I'm going to tell you how to do it in a moment. So X, Y, Z person, i.e. an individual's name, or it could be a category. Right. So you go, okay, I, I, I want to get finance to grow through acquisition. Well, you might know some people that have specifically done that, but you might not. And you might say, okay, I need access to lawyers, MA lawyers and accountants and deal makers. Right. And you go looking for a category to find people that have produced results in that area consistently. Okay. So it's more effective if it's done directly, driving towards the outcomes that you want and eliminating the obstacles. But to be fair, you don't know what you don't know. Just expanding your overall business network is a non-urgent task, but it is very important to expand over time. In fact, I believe it's the single biggest impact on your company's growth. So how do you do it? Here are five ways. Number one, you buy it. You buy access. You know, some of you think, oh, in a magical world, I get mentored for free by a billionaire. Well, that doesn't work in most cases because A, uh, you can't get their time and B, even if you can get a little bit of their time, they're not that committed to the task. So just to come straight in from the top, just going to go buy it. You can buy access. 
So as an example, a mentor that I reference often, you'll see that he's referenced in my previous books, Keith J. Cunningham. He basically retired now, but he's in his 70s. But ultimately, I got access to him via attending a Tony Robbins event. And I, I paid. I've paid Keith Cunningham, you know, well, multi, multi six figures of cash over the last 10 years. I, I don't add it up. I could be, I don't think I'm into seven figures, but I, I might not be a million miles away. I'm multi six figures of cash for access to his mentoring, his, his workshops, and then subsequently his mastermind programs and his direct one-on-one -on -one mentoring. Why? You know, because to have access to somebody that's, that's built a hundred million dollar net worth, lost it all, and then made it back again, it helps me see my blind spots. He helps me see if I'm about to do something stupid and avoid me making big mistakes and setbacks but he also sees opportunities or different definition of the problem. So you can buy access to people. So don't underestimate. Uh, you might be shooting yourself short if you're not investing in mentoring, masterminds, training workshops, or, or just good quality professional advice. Okay. So that's number one. Number two, ask, just ask why this is helpful is you never know when people say, yes, here's an example. Recently, I'm venturing into a new genre for me. I've never historically ventured significantly into commercial property, but I see an opportunity right now in the marketplace for serviced office space, you know, with the great resignation, you know, and people looking to work more flexibly. So I'm investing in that space. Well, I, I went around a, a few local competitors, you know, before I bought a building, I, I looked around a few local competitors and there's one called Mill Street in Leamington Spa, one Mill Street it's called, which opened up during COVID and is full and is an amazing place. So I sought out, I did a bit of homework and I found out who the owner was or is, and his name's Nigel Shannon. When I was doing my homework on Nigel, I found out that he'd exited a company for, for $58 million in cash. Uh, I think it was dollars, not sterling, but either way, it was tens of millions of pounds cash exit because he sold to a publicly traded company. So the details were disclosed. I thought, wow, what an amazing guy, but he's also got expertise about serviced office space. He's achieved an outcome. He's produced a result that I want to produce. So guess what I did to connect with him? I sent him a LinkedIn message. I just said, hello, hey, how are you doing? And, you know, I'm looking to do similar to you with One Mill Street. I'd love if I could buy you a coffee. In less than an hour, he'd responded saying he was happy to be. And a week later, we sat down and we met and then we developed a, a relationship. And it's blossoming nicely, right? Now, that's still in its formative days, but... I. There's so many examples I could give you of things like that. Another example would be Steve Bennett, who was on a previous episode of this podcast, who, who won the Sunday Times Fast Track 100 list, i.e. came first for the fastest growing privately held company in the UK, not once, but twice, but twice. Well, like, how did he do that? But ultimately, I asked him and I got to build a relationship with him. And he's a friend. He's in my phone book. He's a guy who's been interviewed on the podcast. There's many examples I could give you. And how did it come about? Because I actively seek out these relationships and ask. Okay. And it's amazing that sometimes people are just willing to share. You know, commonality with people of a certain age, perhaps, is they tend to be a little bit more want to give back, more philanthropic, want to put their arm around your shoulders. A similar relationship I built with Simon Inchley, who used to run a three quarters of a billion pound private equity group. Same thing, exact same thing. We're now involved in, we do charity work together. We're bouncing off ideas, sharing business strategy, investment ideas. It all comes from asking. So number one, 
buy access. Number two, ask for it. Number three, add value first. Because when asking it for it by itself doesn't work, uh, it's because people aren't convinced or they're busy or they're active. So how do you add value to them? So a little example of this, one of my first real mentors and my only ever proper employer was a guy called Andy Harrington. And Andy Harrington mentored me in the training, in the training industry. But the way I built relationship with Andy was when he was first running NLP practitioner programs, I was a volunteer. So I was a volunteer for him at his events, got to build a relationship with Andy. So I added value to him and subsequently we built a relationship and he saw an opportunity and he offered me a job and therefore we developed a relationship. And even though it was a beneficial relationship and I got paid and I did great work and et cetera, et cetera, beyond that, I got to develop myself and my core skill set. but I got there by doing step number three, which is adding value first. Number four, create connections between people. Sometimes it can't be done in a transactional way. Really, how do you create a deeper bond with people? Break bread. You know, I, I, I've been away. I learned to ski, took skiing lessons just so I could go on a skiing trip with a group of entrepreneurs in Aspen several years ago. Side note, didn't end well. I ended up having to go to hospital. <laughs> I obviously didn't learn well enough how to ski. But the point was, I was creating an environment to create connections. And I was introducing people that I know that can help other people that I know. I did that just that this morning. I'm always trying to create connections between smart people that I know to enhance relationship. Because can they help you is one thing. Will they help you is another and you do that by putting deposits in the relationship bank account before you ask for a withdrawal. So you could, you could say this is similar to adding value first, but sometimes the, the most leveraged way to add value is to do it indirectly by creating connections to them with other people that can help them solve their problem. And that ties in nicely with number five, which is attend events with a common purpose. So are you going to business events? I don't mean networking. I mean, are you going to seminars, workshops, trainings, masterminds? The definition of mastermind by Napoleon Hill in the book, Thinking Grow Rich, was when two all minds get together with a common purpose, a third mastermind is created that can find better solutions than either party could individually. So are you attending events, workshops? Because you get a lot of good quality stuff in the room at the event. We also get a lot of quality, best ideas often come in the bar or at dinner afterwards. The point I'm making is this. There's not one surefire exact formula, but are you nurturing the seeds? I mean, this is, this is a farm. This isn't a hunting strategy. This is a long-term nurture strategy. It's not direct response. It's nurturing and developing relationships over time and is critically important. In fact, I would say it is the singular most important thing that I do that's had a long-term impact on my success. And ultimately, I think it will do the same for yours. Okay? So uh, this is about how do you uh, expand your company? We expand your company by enhancing your support network internally and externally. And so I've given you five ways to build a world-class network, but you're going to have to do it consistently. It's a long-term game. If you go to danbury.com forward slash network, I'll give you some resources that kind of support this episode of the podcast. If you want to uh, attend, you want to be a fly of the wall and get some experience of our upcoming mastermind event, just in a few weeks' time, go to danbury.com forward slash M-E. 
denbrowry.com forward slash ME, which is short for Mastermind Experience, to find out more about our upcoming event and how you can get a taste of my Mastermind program and why I believe we've got some of the fastest growing businesses in the UK, in the room, and how you can connect and grow with them. So that's it in terms of the episode content for this week. A book recommendation of the week is the book Maverick. The book Maverick by Ricardo Semler. So Maverick subtitled The Success Story Behind the World's Most Unusual Workplace. This is a great book because he is such a contrarian thinker. He really did tear up the rule book. And despite being in an inflation rampant part of Latin America, you know, with prices going up, we think our inflation's bad. And he had up to 900% in a singular year. And he was in manufacturing. But this book talks about how he's flipped it around so managerial staff were set on their own salaries and books, why everybody had access to the company's accounting, why there was no formality, why the shopful workers were setting their own productivity targets and schedules, and how he made all that work and grow into a flourishing company. It's a fascinating book. That's the book Maverick, the success story behind the world's most unusual workplace by Ricardo Semler. Check it out. And finally... Something to think about. A closing quote from Warren Buffett. Someone is sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. What trees do you need to plant? That's it for this week. I'll see you next time. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Three things you need to do now. Number one, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you do not miss an episode. Also, get on over to Amazon to get a copy of my latest book, Turnover is Vanity, Profit is Sanity, Nine and a Half Steps to Improving Your Profits and Cash Flow. Also, join our Facebook group, the Turnover is Vanity, Profit is Sanity community to connect with other business owners.